0: السلام عليكم ورحمة الله barakatuhu. How are you all doing? الحمد لله. نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم. أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. رب إشرحي صدري وييسر لي أمري وأحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي. اللهم أهدي قلبي وسدد لساني وصل الصخيمة قلبي. آمين يا العالمين. Lesson number 34, Surah Al-Baqarah, verses 253 to 260. Tilka ar rusulu fa'ddalna ba'dahum ala ba'din minhum man kallam Allahu wa rafah ba'dahum darajatin wa atayna ابن مريم البينات وأيدناه بروح القدس ولو شاء الله ما اقتتل الذين من بعدهم من بعد ما جاءتهم البينات ولكن اختلفوا فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ آمَنَ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ كَفَرَ وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ مَا اِقْتَتَلُوا وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَفْعَلُ مَا يُرِيدُ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَنْفِقُوا مِمَّا رَزَقُنَاكُمْ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ يَأْتِيَ يَوْمٌ لَا بَيْعٌ فِيهِ وَلَا خُلَّةٌ وَلَا شَفَاعَةٌ وَالْكَافِرُونَ هُمْ الظَّالِمُونَ اللَّهُ كُرْسِيُّهُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَلَا يَئُودُهُ حِفْظُهُمَا وَهُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْعَظِيمُ لَا إِكْرَاهَ فِي الدِّينِ قَدْ تَبَيَّنَ الرُّشْدُ مِنَ الْغَيِّ فَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِالْطَاغُوتِ ويؤمن بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ إِسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُسْقَ لَنْفِصَامَ لَهَا وَاللَّهُ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ اللَّهُ وَلِيُّ الذين آمنوا يخرجهم من الظلمات الى النور والذين كفروا اولياءهم الطاغوت يخرجونهم من النور الى الظلمات اولئك اصحاب النار هم فيها خالدون الم تر الى الذي حاجه ابراهيم في ربه ان اتاه الله الملك اذ قال ابراهيم ربي الذي يحيي ويميت قال انا احيي واميت قال ابراهيم فان الله ياتي بالشمس من المشرق فات بها من المغرب فبهت الذي Kafara Wallahu La Yahdi Al-Qawm Al-Zalimeen Au Kal-Ladhi Mar-Ala Qariyatin Wahiyya Khawiyyatun Ala Uruşiha Qala Anna Yuhyi Hathihi Allah Ba'da فَأَمَاتَهُ اللَّهُ مِئَةَ عَامٍ ثُمَّ بَعْثَهُ قَالَ كَمْ لَبِسْتَ قَالَ لَبِسْتُ يَوْمًا أَوْ بَعْضَ يَوْمٍ قَالَ بَلْ لَبِسْتَ مِئَةَ عَامٍ فانظر إلى طعامك وشرابك لم يتسنه وانظر إلى حمارك ولنجعلك آية للناس وانظر إلى العظام كيف ننشزها ثم نكسوها لَحْمَا فَلَمَّا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ قَالَ أَعْلَمُ أَنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ وَإِذْ قَالَ إبراهيم رَبِّ أَرِنِي كَيْفَ تُحْيِي الْمَوْتَى قَالَ اولم تؤمن قال بلى ولكن ليطمئن قلبي قال فخذ اربعه من الطير فصرهن اليك ثم اجعل على كل جبل منهن جزاء ثُمَّ أُدْعُهُنَّ يَأْتِينَكَ سَعْيًا وَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الله عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ الحمد لله. Have you thought about this? We just finished studying so many verses related to marriage, divorce, and then before that some other rulings. And now we... Read a story, right? And then we will read some more stories here, but then there's ayatul kursi also. And the message of the story that we learned earlier was basically that if you say you're going to do something, then do it, right? Don't be a coward, fulfill your word basically. What's the connection over here with all the commands that we have been studying? What's the connection? Why would the story come? Doesn't it sound random? Because some people when they read the Qur'an, they're like, oh, it sounds so random. You have rules related to divorce, and then you have the command to guard your prayers, and then some more rulings related to divorce, and then all of a sudden, a story. What's going on here? What's the connection? Go ahead. MashaAllah. very good. One way we can understand this is that... Everybody wants to learn about Islam, right? Especially Muslims. They want to know, okay, what are we supposed to do? What are we not supposed to do? What are the rules? And at the beginning, people are like, okay, I'm going to do this properly, I'm going to do that properly. But then as things get tough, what happens? We start giving up. And the story teaches us that once you start something, stay committed. Don't give up too quickly. This is not just with marriage, right? But in general also, all the commands that Allah has given you, do them consistently. You know, our deen, our religion, teaches us about istiqamah. Istiqama is steadfastness, to remain firm. And the thing is, that we are supposed to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not until we reach a certain goal in life, but until the day we die. So being steadfast is not a goal. That once you reach a level of steadfastness, then you stop, then you do whatever you want. No, it's a process. It's a lifelong process. It's a way of life. And we see this in the story of the Bani Israel, that how at the beginning, they wanted to do something, but then with time, as things got tough, they gave up. With tests, with trials, they became weak. So remember this, the rules that we are learning over here, you're not just going to observe them for a day or two. Insha'Allah, you have to live by them throughout your life. And we see that those people who turn away are called ظالم. So let's begin the last book of our course, Alhamdulillah, lesson number 34. Bismillahir Rahmanir rahim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Tilka rusulu faddalna ba'adahum Those are the messengers that we have preferred some of them over others. Meaning, the messengers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given preference to some messengers over other messengers. Ar-rusul is the plural of the word rasul, and rasul is a messenger who has been sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to convey a message. In the previous verse we learned that, إِنَّكَ al-Mursaleen, O messenger of Allah, you are of the prophets. Meaning, even if people deny you, you are still a prophet. And now it is said, that the Prophets of Allah, how are they? فَضَّلْنَا بَعْضَهُمْ عَلَىٰ بَعْضٍ فَضَّلَ Remember the word fadl we learned earlier? To have superiority. So fadlal, to give preference, to give superiority to someone over another. Allah chose some Prophets over others. How? In different ways. So for example, one Prophet was given something that another Prophet was not given. Can you give me an example? alayhi a.s. we learned, he was not just a prophet, he was also a king, and he possessed many unique skills. Right? Was every prophet like that? Was Isa a.s. a king? No, he wasn't. Just like that we learned, that some prophets will come on the day of judgment, with just one person in their ummah. Meaning only one person believed in him. And the Prophet wasallam will come with so many, many people in his ummah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave some things to some prophets which He did not give to other prophets. And this is not just with the prophets. This is with the rest of the people also. In fact, with the entire creation. You see that every creature is not equal to another creature. You see for example, fruits, apples. One apple is sweet and the other apple is not sweet. Right, One tree grows so strong and beautiful and another tree does not. One person is tall and another is short. One person has a lot of wealth and another does not have that much wealth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has endowed every creature with something. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not made all creatures exactly the same. This is important for us to understand. Because in the name of equality, we think we have to be identical. What someone has been given, something that has been given to someone, should be given to me also. And if it's not given to me, this is unfair. No. Equality, justice, does not mean being identical. Because in life would be very boring. Very, very boring. Imagine if everybody was the exact copy of another. Just imagine. I mean, how would life be extremely boring? You know, for example, you go to a store, you see a variety of shoes, a variety of clothes, and depending on what you like, what you're looking for, you choose one thing and you leave the rest. Differences in creation make them beautiful. Right? It's the uniqueness of each creation that makes it beautiful. So your goal in life should not be to become a copy of someone else. Your goal in life should be to become the best version of yourself. Be the best version of yourself. Don't be a good copy of another person. You were not created to imitate and to become like another person. The only person who we're supposed to follow is who? The Prophet ﷺ. And even that, no matter how much you follow him, can you become a prophet? No, you cannot. Because Allah gave him this preference that he did not give you. So don't be upset about this. That why was that person given this and I was not given this. So فضلنا بعضهم على بعض. Allah preferred some prophets over others. Minhum man kallam Allah. Among them were those whom Allah spoke to. Meaning some prophets, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke with them directly. Can you tell me a prophet with whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to directly? Musa alayhi salam. وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوْسَى تَكْلِيمًا Allah spoke to him. A complete conversation. Meaning, he spoke to him in a way that speech is. So, كَلَّمَ اللَّهُ Allah spoke to them. وَرَفَعَ بَعْضَهُمْ darajat, And Allah raised some of them in degrees. دَرَجَاتٍ is a plural of دَرَجَةٍ And دَرَجَةٍ is a rank or a position. Right? So some prophets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them extra favors. So he exalted them in status, in blessings compared to others. In this world and also in the hereafter. This is why we see that when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa went for Mi'raj, Isra and Mi'raj, the night journey, what happened? At each heaven, he met a different prophet. Right? He met a different prophet at each heaven. So this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has done. Why? Why is it that all prophets are not the same? Or all creatures are not the same? Why this difference? Why this difference? Can you think of a reason? I mentioned one reason to you already. If everybody was identical, life would be boring, right? What else? Every prophet had a different mission. He was dealing with a different people. And so, depending on the mission that he was given, depending on the work that he was assigned, he was given unique favors. Like for example, the Prophet ﷺ is the last of all prophets, right? Seal of the prophets. His message was not just for the people of his time or the people who lived in his city, but his message for all of humanity that is to come until the Day of Judgment. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him a message that was also a miracle. The Qur'an. A similar book was not given to previous prophets. Correct? we see that the Qur'an is the miracle that was given to the Prophet ﷺ, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself took responsibility of preserving the Qur'an. So that people until the end of time, until the end of this world, would find guidance. Now this is not unfair. Well, why wasn't the Torah preserved in the same way? And why wasn't the Injil preserved in the same way? Well, the reason is because after Musa a.s. More prophets were going to come. After Isa alayhi salam, the final prophet was going to come. But after Muhammad s.a.w., which prophet is going to come? None. So the preferences that Allah gave to his prophets were for different reasons. There was some wisdom behind it. Now why are we being told about this? Why? What's the reason? The thing is that some people, what they do is that they start comparing between people. And when they see that, okay, one person has something that the other doesn't have, what do they do? They give 100% preference to one over the other. So they dismiss everybody else in favor of one. Because we're short-sighted, we're very superficial, we make these mistakes. Remember the people in the Bani Israel, they also made this mistake. They saw Talud didn't have money. He wasn't of status. So they said, no good in him. He cannot be the leader. Now what happened at the time of the Prophet wasallam once, is that a Muslim man and a Jewish man, they had some argument. right? They had some fight. And in that fight, the Jew, what he did is that he took an oath. Right? He took an oath and he said, by the one who has given preference to Musa, over everybody else. Meaning by Allah, Allah who chose Musa, alayhi salam, over everybody else. So the Muslim guy got really angry, like, how dare you say that? Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa is the one who is chosen over everybody else. So the Muslim man got so mad that he slapped the other guy. And how dare you say that? Now the Jewish man was like, why would you do that to me? He went to the Prophet, sallallahu and he complained to him. That this is what this Muslim dude did to me, right? He hit me because I praised Musa A.S. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, لا تفضلوني على الأنبياء. Do not give me preference over the rest of the Prophets. But I mean, if you think about it, Allah gave Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam preference over the rest of the Prophets in many ways. But he said, don't do that. What does it mean? Don't start comparing and dismissing others in favor of one. Do not do that. Which means that you have to watch your behavior. You have to watch your attitude. This is true. Allah gave to someone something that He did not give to others. But because of this, you don't become biased towards those who have not been given something. Right? So for instance, if one person has not been given wealth, a lot of wealth, don't treat him badly, just because he's not rich. Right? If one person doesn't speak the same language as you do, don't treat him badly, just because he doesn't meet your standard. He doesn't meet your criteria. Watch your actions, watch your language, watch your behavior. We gave to Isa, the son of Maryam, clear proofs. Bayinat is a plural of, a clear evidence. I mean, miracles that Isa a.s. was given are so amazing. What miracles was he given? The first miracle, his birth. He didn't have a father. He had no biological father. Another miracle, he spoke as a baby. Another miracle, he could heal people. A blind person, right, or people with certain diseases, he could heal them. He could even bring the dead to life by the permission of Allah. Another miracle, he would make a bird out of clay and that bird would become alive by the permission of Allah. Now these are amazing miracles. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, yes, Isa عِيسَ Maryam al-bayyinat." We gave him these clear evidences. And these miracles were not given to other prophets. And we strengthened him with the pure spirit. Ayyada yu'ayyidu is to give strength to someone. To aid them, to support them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supported Isa alayhi salam with Ruhul Qudus. Who is Ruhul Qudus? We learned about this earlier. Jibreel. Jibreel is called the pure spirit. Why is he called the pure spirit? One of the reasons is because he brought what was a source of purification for people. And what is that? Revelation from Allah. So that's why he is called Ruhul Qudus. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave special help to Isa salam through Jibril at many occasions when he was born and then later as a Prophet also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him special help. Now what happened? People got stuck in these differences. Like, oh our Prophet was given this, that Prophet was not given that, our Prophet is the best. And so even if there is another prophet now, we're not going to believe in him. And this led to differences between people and these differences led to division which led to even killing and wars. If you think about it, when you study history, you see that so many battles were fought, so many people have been killed. Why? Because of what? What do people blame? What's the reason? Religion. Have you heard that argument? People say religion is evil because see what happened? The Christians fought the Jews, they fought Muslims, we have so much evil that happened in the Crusades, right? and that happened before that, after that. People blame religion. They say religion is evil. Religion is not evil. It's the followers of religion that can become very evil. When they become arrogant and they refuse to see the truth, and recognize other people's worth. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الله, If Allah wanted, min The people after them would not have fought each other. Because if you think about it, the followers of Isa a.s. they were supposed to be very peaceful, very loving, isn't it? But these same followers, what happened to them? After many years, they waged wars against others. If you think about it, the Bani Israel, how much they were persecuted at the hands of Fir'aun. Isn't it? So you would think that the Bani Israel, after some years, they would not oppress other people. But did they oppress people? Yes, they did. So the thing is, that again, religion is not evil, it's the followers of religion that can be evil when they become arrogant. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if you want it, People would not have fought each other. There would have been no warfare in the name of religion. Allah subhanahu wa taala could have stopped that from happening. after clear proofs came to them. Meaning, once they saw the truth, they should have accepted it and not fought. Walakin but they differed. People differed with each other. amana so among them were those who believed. Wamanhum kafara. And among them were those who disbelieved. So for example, when Isa a.s. came with the clear proofs, with miracles, what should people have done? They should have believed in him. But did everybody believe in him? Even the Bani Israel, did they believe in him? Even though he was a prophet sent to them from them, they didn't believe in him. Some believed and others did not. So what happened? Those who believed were persecuted by those who did not believe. You all know what happened to the early Christians, right? To the followers of Isa What happened to them at the beginning? They were persecuted to such an extent that they basically had to change their religion to such a degree that the religion is not what it was at the time of Isa So, وَلَكِنْ اِخْتَلَفُوا فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ آمَنَ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ Again Allah says, وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ If Allah wanted, they would have never fought. وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَفْعَلُ مَا يُرِيدٌ But Allah does whatever He wants. So whatever has happened in history has happened with the will of Allah. And yes, it's bad. Meaning whatever has happened, so many atrocities, so much warfare, but there's still good that has come out of it. And what is that good? Some lesson that you can learn. What do we learn from this ayah? Arrogance is a person's worst enemy. Pride is your enemy. Pride will blind you to the truth. Pride will make you commit great injustices. Not ignorance, pride. Because we see that people who fought each other after the truth came to them were not ignorant of the truth. They had the clear proofs. They saw the truth, they knew it. So what led them to commit this injustice? It was their ego, their pride. Then why should we believe in Isa when he is like this and this and our Prophet was like that and that? So basically there's this thing called the butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. And it's when something small leads to something bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So for example, when World War I occurred, I believe it was because there's this guy who is like a really important person. He was driving in a car to go somewhere. Like he had his own chauffeur and everything. And it was one of those cars that didn't have the top. So the driver took a wrong turn and then this assassination guy saw the important person, killed him, and then the people got really angry and then they started a war which then started the whole world war and killed millions of people. So, so many people lost their lives. Right? So much injustice was committed. But it started from what? From what? One act of aggression. Right? So, pride... You know, even if there is a tiny amount of pride in a person's heart, they cannot enter Jannah. You know that? A tiny amount of pride in a person's heart is enough to prevent a person from entering paradise. Why? Because that pride is not just a small amount of pride. It will lead to many atrocities as we see in this ayah. If you think about it, different genocides that have happened in many parts of the world, in even recent history and even today, how do they begin? How do people go on killing others just because of their skin color, or just because of who they are? Why? How do people become so blind? Are they ignorant? No, they're not ignorant. They know what they're doing. The reason is arrogance. So arrogance is your greatest enemy. Seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection against this pride. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya yeah, ayyuhallaveena amanu, all you who have believed, Spend out of what we have provided you. Just a few verses ago, we learned about the importance of spending. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls it a loan, a good loan that you would give to Allah. Now here, directly we are told, there we were asked, who will give a loan? Here we are commanded, Spend. Spend out of what we have given you. Whatever that we have given you, whether it is money or some property or some physical strength or ability, some skill that you have, the time that you have. Don't become selfish. Think about others also. Think about those in need. Think about the deen of Allah. Think about the hereafter. Spend out of what we have given you. Min qabli before يوم before a day comes. Which day comes? A day that is such that لَا بَيْعٌ فِيهِ There is no بَيْعٍ in it. بَيْعٍ means to buy and sell, to trade. Whenever you need something, you go get it. But how do you get it? You can't always get it for free. You have to give something in order to receive it. Right? So for example, if you're in trouble you are sick, you need medication, you can't just go to the pharmacy and say, can you please give me this medication, I'm really, really, really sick, I can't afford it. They cannot give it to you unless you pay for it. On the Day of Judgment, you cannot buy Jannah. You cannot buy the shade under the throne of Allah. You cannot buy safe passage over hellfire. You cannot buy salvation on that day. لَا بَيْعٌ فِيهِ No matter how much money you've saved up in the world, on that day, it's not gonna help you. You cannot use your money there. وَلَا No friendship. Meaning friendship also cannot help you on that day. In this world, if you're in some trouble, and you have some good friends, or some people, some connections, people of authority, you just give one phone call, you send one message, you send an email, or you go speak to them in their office... And then they help you out. But on the day of judgment, there is no khulla. Even if somebody is your best friend, a person of influence in the world, they cannot help you on that day. You see this word khulla is from khalam lam. You know khilal? Khilal from the same root you do in wudu. When you're doing wudu, you have to make sure that every part of the limb that you're supposed to wash gets wet. Right? So for example, as you're washing your feet, you don't just pour water over your feet, you have to make sure that the area between your toes is also wet. So what do you do? You pass your fingers between your toes. Men with beards, what are they supposed to do? Pass their wet fingers through their beard to make sure that the chin gets wet and the hair also, you know, it properly gets wet. This is khilal, to get in the midst of something is deep friendship. Meaning friendship that has entered and settled in your heart. You know, some friends you have, just because you happen to be in the same place. You don't know anybody, so you hang out together. Right? But then there are those friends that you're really close with. You've known them for many years. They're like a part of your life. You're attached to them. On the day of judgment, this friendship cannot help you either. Wala Shafara, nor any intercession what is shafa'a? we learned about this earlier that Shafara is that when you ask someone to request for you to intercede for you on that day you can't do that الظالمون, and those who deny are those who are unjust and they will be in trouble on that day so what do we learn in this ayah? In order to save yourself from the difficulty of the Day of Judgment, spend today. In order to save yourself in the hereafter, spend today. Do people spend, save money for their retirement? Do they? Do people save money for their children? Girls over here? Have you ever seen your moms or your aunts or whoever saving gold for when you get married or when your cousin gets married? Yeah? They will keep their bracelets safe and they'll say, this I've kept for that girl, this I've kept for that daughter. People save for later in this life. And who knows whether you're going to reach that age of retirement or not. Who knows whether your daughter is going to get married or not. But you have it in case. Is the day of judgment certain? Is it certain? Is it real? It is real. Is it hard? It's very hard. So do something to save yourself on that day, and for that, spend anfiku. You must spend. The Prophet ﷺ said that the believer's shade on the day of judgment will be his charity. Whatever you give today will shade you tomorrow. And is it important to be in shade on the day of judgment? Have you ever been in a place where you're under the sun? getting directly affected by the heat of the sun for a long period of time. Has it ever happened with you? Have you ever been in that position? What do you need then? What do you want? Some kind of shade. Something to protect you because the heat gets to you. And how far is the sun from us right now? How far is it? I mean, it's a big number, right? It's a massive number. Many, many thousands of miles away from us. On the day of judgment, the sun will only be one meal, in the words of the hadith, the word meal is used, one meal away from people. Now whether that means a mile or something else, we don't know. But whatever that distance is, it's only of one unit. People will be hot. And how long is the wait of the Day of Judgment? 50,000 years. 50,000 years. This is not folklore, this is not just imagination, this is haqq. This is true. So what are you preparing today to endure the length and difficulty of tomorrow? What are you spending today? Whatever you give today in the way of Allah will come to your help tomorrow. If you're ever traveling, you plan for your travel. You find out what the weather is going to be like in the place that you're going to go. And accordingly, you buy stuff. You prepare, you pack, you take it with you. Because if you don't, you're going to be in trouble. The day of judgment is also coming. So spend, prepare for that day. Because no friend is going to come rescue you. Intercession is not going to help without Allah's permission. And you can't buy stuff there. You know, in this world, if for example, you go for Umrah, and you think Saudi Arabia, this is all desert, right? So how is it going to be cold? And you're shocked as you go in the winter to Medina. It's so cold What can you do? You can always go buy a sweater, a jacket, socks, whatever you need. Isn't it? But can you make purchases on the Day of Judgment? Can you buy stuff that you need on the Day of Judgment? It's too late. You can't do anything then. You have to do it today. So don't let this day go by without you spending something in the way of Allah. Give whatever it is. The Prophet ﷺ said, save yourself from the fire, even if it is with, with what? Half of a date. Half of a date. How big is that? It's so small. Save yourself from the fire, even if you have only that much to give. But give. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the ability to spend in His cause, and save us from the difficulty of that day. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. تِلْكَ الرُّسُلُ فَضَّلْنَا بَعْضَهُمْ
1: عَلَى بَعْضٍ مِّنْهُم مَّن اللَّهَ وَرَفَعَ بَعْضَهُمْ دَرَجَاتٍ وَآتَيْنَا عِيسَى وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ ما who الذين من بعدهم من بعد ما جاءتهم who ولكن اختلفوا فمنهم من آمن ومنهم من كفر. وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ ones وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَفْعَلُ يَفعل يُرِيدٌ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَنْفِقُوا مِمَّا رَزَقْنَاكُمْ مِنْ مِنْ قَبلَ أن يَأْتِيَ يَوْمُ are فِيه are not the only ones الظالمون.